Pulp MX Network production. You cast me, I'll complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? What's up? This is Darkside for the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show with a couple guests. But first, let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX Show. And now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit pulpmexshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the Pulp Mix Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the Pulp Mix Show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at pulpmix.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. I think Cooper is in his head. Don't bug me with your music. Like I'm out in the fucking desert. No, no fuck off. I don't want to hear your music. Phil's hard. Phil took me out so many times. He told me pork chop. Troll's got a leg problem? He d- yeah, because he, um, he, he hasn't grown. sleep on the floor, you wake up hungry, you know what I mean? Heather's titties. You might have been I the only go wide in the sand one time. <laughs> oh shit! Phil was so mean, <laughs> and you could ask him today. He'll be like, "I truly hated KP when he first got there." How do you get a bad start on that bike? I'm tired, dude. Why? I'm not gonna lie. Don't violate my ear holes with your music choice. Oh, I feel tired. <laughs> no, that's my mom. It's the Motosport.com tweets at Talon segment. Yeah, what's up, boys? We are back with another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. 
guys hear the little laugh in the background when I tell you who's on the phone, you'll know where that's coming from. Tonight, though, so here it is. Tonight, making his return, one of the funniest Pulp Mix wrap-up hosts ever, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires from Guaranteed MX, Mr. Ryan Gauld. What up, Galdi? Canada. You're supposed to be standing right now, Darkside. That's our anthem. I am standing right now. <laughs> right on, buddy. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. I'm uh, I'm still relevant in the pulp empire, thanks to you. I believe you're still relevant. You know, just because <laughs> COVID's keeping you out of the pulp studios doesn't mean you can't be a part of pulp. I don't know why Steve hasn't had you on the phone. It's a travesty. It is. It is a huge letdown. I'm definitely writing to, we call them the MPPs up there, but I'll, I'll write to the governors of, of Vegas to get me into that thing for sure. They need me. They need me. They do. Absolutely. <laughs> also on the line, making uh, he, he's a virgin to the Pulp Mix wrap-up show, brought to you by Seal Savers from Monster Energy, Star Yamaha, Mr. Josh Jelly Ellingson. What up, dude? Uh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, first time, but uh, hopefully I can... Uh... Hopefully I can perform, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you can perform under pressure. With your uh, your profession as uh, Justin Cooper's mechanic, I believe you you probably perform under pressure just fine. Yeah, plenty of that where uh, in that occupation. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, recently, thanks to our boy Jericho, I found out you're a pulp listener. Uh, but I want to get to know you a little bit, man. You haven't been on the Pulp Show. Um, Steve didn't even know you listened. So give us some of your background as far as Pulp goes. Like, when did you discover Pulp? How long have you been listening? Um, I discovered Pulp, shoot, I've actually been listening to it for a while. And uh, I don't know, Just his podcast is just, I do like the length of them because uh, I listen to him on the bike or we're in the shop and he uh, definitely has some good content, and I definitely like to listen to him after each weekend just to hear what everyone's got to say and uh, listen to the rider interviews. It's honestly a lot of good information to know, even leading up into race weekends and stuff. Oh, nice. Okay, so you're getting stuff out of it that maybe helps you a little bit. Um, there was a lot of talk about Star Yamaha, a lot of topics that covered some Star Yamaha stuff this week, and we're going to touch on a few of them. I'm going to... Um, you know, maybe throw you under the, not throw you under the bus, but put you on the spot a little bit and see what you have to say. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, God, no problem. Uh, yeah. yeah, no problem. Open to answering some questions. Awesome. Well, Galdi, what'd you think of this episode, man? It, it obviously Chris Kiefer was in studio. Skip Norfolk came in. Uh, we had uh, callers like Aaron Plessinger, Justin Bogle, Kyle Peters, Marshall Plum, and even Jericho, AKA Derek Rankin called in. What'd you think of the show overall? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan through and through, so it doesn't really matter who's on or who he announces. I'm going to find a way to enjoy it, or you're going to find a way to, to uh, you know, somewhere through it, the five hours to enjoy it. But it turned out, I, I knew going into it with a little bit of hoopla and Twitter battle going back between Kiefer and, and Steve and JT and the FXR fly and, and then Kiefer not being on the show for a while. I figured there might be a bit more tears and a bit more anger at the beginning of the show. And there was a little bit when we kicked it off there, you know, Kiefer's like, Oh, I might not see you guys till next winter and stuff. And <laughs> there was some joking. So right away sure. we were kind of already jabbing. And that was, you know, that's the way you kick it off when you got your bros sitting in front of you. And then, uh, but yeah, it turned out to be good. And to be honest with you, the, the Marshall Plum Skip Norfolk thing was awesome for me because Marshall Plum is a Canadian, uh, so that was kind of cool. And then you know, talking like old Ross Peterson stories and and all that kind of stuff. I I was just getting into the sport then, so it was kind of cool to really uh, you know get my ear in on that one deep. That was cool to listen to and. 
as always, it was just like a couple good laughs. The, the I'm tired and the, the talent thing. I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about it. That, yeah. that was a kicker. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one of the first uh, pieces of audio we play here in a minute. But yeah, I didn't know much about Marshall Plum. So I thought that was really cool. I always enjoy it when he gets people on that I don't know a lot about. I, I've brought up a mm-hmm. couple times, like having Dan Hubbard on a few weeks ago, and I didn't know much of Dan's background. And I became a fan of Dan just because he's in a BMX. And Dude, I thought, Drew Jones is his friend. <laughs> yeah, that was so okay. sick. So, I tweeted it out after that. I'm like, I have nothing. To, I know nothing about Dan, but same as you, I am now a super fan because one day I want to meet him. Yep. And hopefully, friend, uh, befriend his his crew Jones buddy. I love that movie, Rad. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I believe I'll be meeting Dan this weekend in Arlington. And I was texting with him last night, thanks to Daniel Blair, and he's going to come on the Pony Pod pretty soon. But we're, prob- we're probably going to talk BMX almost exclusively. But uh, anyway, that's going to be cool. Uh, how about you, uh, Jelly? Did um, you know much about Marshall Plum? Did, were you just the, as the guest as a whole Monday night? What'd you think? I thought it was great. I'm a I'm a big fan of Marshall. I'm a big fan of Skip. I actually know Skip pretty well, and uh, just from with him being around at the races when he was working for I think it was the Traders Club team. Yep. But I mean, it's awesome just when those guys get going off on their old stories of the box fan days and talking about old races, old riders. It just you kind of want to like me in my position would lo- would have loved to you know go back to that time and just do it for a year and yeah. then do what we're doing now for a year just to see just to see the differences of how it's changed over the years. Yeah, know? and maybe maybe collect on some of that uh, MC shrapnel. Yeah, yeah uh, that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Kiefer, you kind of touched on it, Galdi. Back after a long hiatus, uh, which may or not, may not have been punishment for now being part of the FXR family. Yeah, we don't really know. <laughs> we don't really know. Uh, no, obviously FXR is part of some of Steve's other pop- podcasts, but it's still fun watching those guys bust their balls. Um, and, and Kiefer legitimately, Galdi, seemed bummed out. Well, I mean, for anybody that listens to his shows or his the coffee with the Kiefer's or anything he does with Steve, he is likely the most sensitive man I have ever met in my life. Um, he is more in touch with feelings than any woman I've ever met or maybe even been with. And so for him to be <laughs> upset and really hurt by all of this is not a surprise. Yeah. He definitely wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's not afraid to cry. He's a hugger. He's a toucher. He's a lover. He kisses on the lips. Um, you know what I mean? Like, he's a, he is he is basically a man um, with a woman inside of him kind of thing, you know, one of those kind of deals. So <laughs> he, uh, for him to be bummed, I, I bet you he was truly bummed. I'm sure there's some text messages that we don't know about right. that were like, hey, man, like, this is getting a little deep. Like, you, you're cutting me, man. You're cutting me and, and uh, kind of thing for sure. So for him to come back on and show a little bit of it, it, it just shows his true colors, man. He is passionate. He loves his buddies. And he loves the show. And when he wasn't kind of, you know, feeling part of it, uh, you could really tell for sure in his voice. There was no, no, uh, no hidden agenda there. He was, he was definitely hurting not being a part of it and feeling left out. Yeah, Jelly. What do you? Where does Kiefer rank as far as favorite co-hosts? He's got to be. Man, I want to say he's at least. No, he's definitely number one. I just okay. When you uh, when you get him going, and then just all how he tells stories, just you're just sitting there laughing because the voice changes that it's almost like you're there with him in the story. It's pretty impressive how he explains everything. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to uh, say it. Yeah. And guys, not only was the show start out with Kiefer being a little bit bummed, 
but it started out with Mark's being tired. I'm tired, dude. Why? I'm not going to lie. Why? I'm tired. It's like I've been a busy couple of weeks. Still but, tired. Uh, How'd you like I'm, to hear I that? Like I'm, you. Dragging, crazy. I'm dragging ass, so I'm if letting you know ahead of time. That's a good if, way to start it. Yeah. If you're the boss, okay, and your employee <laughs> says nine minutes into his shift, your employee's like, dude, I'm dragging ass. I feel tired. You should be happy it took this long. Nine, nine, nine minutes, minutes in. That's good. How, dude. How, for, for how I'm feeling. Yeah. How am I supposed to handle that? So, Jelly... This is typical <laughs> Mathis, uh, you know, giving his guy shit, trying to make something probably out of nothing. Uh, I mean, Marks obviously kills it, does his job, um, but it, it's definitely a way that Steve builds content during the show and gives us something to talk about. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Marks, honestly, he is great on the show, too, when he tunes in, but he must have been tired because he honestly didn't say too much throughout the whole show. Yeah, he was a little quiet. You, you, you're right. Uh, I mean, maybe he was legitimately tired. Probably because he's up, you know, trying to get that app ready any day now. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> he he, he uh, does not like it when that gets brought up. Uh, and the other thing before we really get rolling, finally, Talon gets a new uh, his own intro for the Motorsport Tweet at Talon segment. We played it in the intro, but let's jam that out again. That's my mom. <laughs> it's the motorsport.com tweets at talent segment. <laughs> what is that? That's my mom. <laughs> that's that's me imitating an eagle, I guess. I don't know what it has to do with motorsport.com, but our guy Swiss put talent. it together. Oh. Talons. Uh, talons. It has talons. It has talons. I don't hard. get with the that's my mom. Where does that come from? That's, that's just a part of it. Thing. I mean, I like it, but that's from the show when Steve was uh, when Blair yeah. was here. Yeah, Daniel Blair. Yeah, and he was playing the eagle sounds. And we were crunching the beaks for. Galdi. So uh, thoughts on the Talon uh, intro, man? I mean, it's good. I, I don't think it's my favorite one, but it's new, so it's gonna be it's gonna get a lot of play. Yeah, no, they did a good job of, of course, it's a spoof, you know, they're not going to be like legit and, and, and not have fun with it. And they did exactly that. <laughs> That's my mom and the talons <laughs> and, and making it lean. And then of course there's a backstory that it leans all the way back to Daniel Blair yeah. and Eagle grid and, and stuff. So there's so much hidden agenda there. If you're not a follower of the show and, and like, say that was your first one getting in there, you'd be like, what? That doesn't really make sense. But yeah. you know, if you go back and tune in and understand it all, it, it brings the characters all together. And I personally haven't met talent yet. Like I said, hopefully I get to get down and do a show again here soon enough. But uh, he seems like he's a good kid. And he's he, he can take the jabs with the with the best of them, and that yep. was yeah, that was hilarious. I had a great laugh at that. Jelly, how about the fact that like Steve didn't even know necessarily what some of that some of those hidden gems were about. He just went with it. Yeah, I agree too. And like uh, I honestly wasn't sure either what all what the backstory to that was, and uh, just the randomness. I wonder if. It either bummed Talon out because he knew he had an intro coming, or if he, why, oh, sure, he uh, went along and enjoyed the joke. But I was wondering if he would think it was uh, a legit intro coming. Oh, yeah. I think he liked it, man. I think, I, you know, I didn't catch some of the, the stuff either until uh, Mark's kind of explained a couple of those things. But I think now that it's out there, I think Talon likes it, man. Um, I think he's going to be stoked with it. I, I can't imagine he'd be bummed, but. Um, Good stuff. So I pre I think Swizz does does those. So good job, Swizz. Um, let's let's get into this by starting. I want to talk about callers. 
Galdi, you know, some people love the callers. Some people don't like the callers. Some are good. Some are bad. Um, what do you think about callers? And do you think there should be like a protocol that Steve gives out for how callers should behave on the phone? And the reason I ask this is one stood out in particular. Jonathan called in to ask Chris Kiefer a legit question. The differences, you know, in a, between a 2015 and a 2021 yeah. Yamaha. But by the end of the call, he's like, yeah, I live in Colorado. You probably drove by me. And, like, it just kind of went too long, at least in my opinion. Maybe I'm the only one who thinks that. But should there be a protocol on how Steve handles his callers? Well, I mean, I think that's hard. You're, you're, you're getting just random fans, random people at all times calling in. It's not his friends. It's not somebody that maybe understands how podcasts or how a live show kind of works or even understands, say, show business or, you know, you only have a certain amount of time out of respect. These guys are calling in and they're kind of being put on the spot as uh, they're becoming a bit of a star in the moment, uh, as it were, right? They're, they're getting to talk to maybe their hero or their or Steve or whoever it is. And then they kind of maybe just get lost in the moment. And I think that's what happened to that guy. Um, <laughs> uh, because he, like you said, he had fully legitimate reasons at the beginning of it. And then was like, yeah, man, I live in Colorado. I just missed you at the track there the other day. We went to another track and it was like, you know, maybe he, uh, took a hit off the bong and kind of forgot where he was for a moment there because right. he just kind of got lost or like, and then of course Steve does this. Hey, we gotta go, man. We gotta go. Hey, you know, this is dumb. We gotta go. So he cuts him off. So I think, I don't think you need to put out a protocol, but I, maybe people, you know, when you call into a live show, you need to understand you it's not like calling your girlfriend and you're up all night trying to talk to her or whatever. You say your piece, you get through it kind of thing. But when the guy does go off on his, his little out of nowhere thing, it gives Steve the opportunity to be like, you know, hit the red button and go and hang up on the guy, right? right? right. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So it, it does add to the show as well, but then it also kind of makes Steve look like a bit of an asshole at times, <laughs> which we uh, like as well. Because there was, remember, there was a one a show not that long ago or a while ago where I think it was Keith that was on. He was kind of mad. He's like, "You just hung up on that guy. You just, yeah, you, know, yeah. you just hung up on that guy." But you got to get the show carrying on. There's sponsors. There's guests. There's there's um, um, segments and stuff like that. So um, when you call into the show, just know you're not on there for an hour like you got your you know 30 seconds or so get your get your word out get what you want to say and get off and enjoy yeah i think so jelly uh how about you man callers uh i think Goldie made some good points and i i kind of see where it's coming from like just in general if you meet somebody that you're a fan of in anything whether it be music or whatever you kind of you want to keep talking to them you want to keep the con- you want to become their buddy I, I see that i guess yeah and i agree with what Goldie says too and i think it it shouldn't be uh you shouldn't be monitoring them because it also brings the like raw personality of both ends like you get the caller calling in and yeah he had a legitimate question and then he kind of gets a little starstruck and wants to tell the backstory and then you get like all he said steve who uh wants to get him to wrap it up and then he may get a little frustrated or something and then it just turns into more of a just raw personality yeah all right, well, let's get into the meat of the show this week. Uh, guests, man, some really great guests. Uh, a lot of talk about mental health from some different writers and some insight onto some some behind-the-scenes kind of stuff, and I thought that was pretty cool. Justin Bogle was really impressive to me. Uh, Steve asked him about moving to the 83 compound after Bogle had brought up being pumped with his progress and some changes. Let's check it out. If it needs to happen, I'll just do it. I don't, I don't really need to make a big deal about making the decision you know i'm a grown man at this point so i'll make the decision and just make the move so um 
I'll never stop singing the praises of Robbie Raynard and his wife Ashley, though. They're some of the best people on planet Earth that I've ever met and have helped me more than just about anyone in my life. Man, working with Burner, I really, really enjoy that. I trust him, and he's very good at his job. So yeah. I'm really enjoying my time down here. And I mean, as we speak, I'm sitting here on my, uh, about a really mini little beanbag chair, and I'm sitting in the middle of the living room of my apartment I just moved into, and there's nothing else in here. So. I, I heard I heard you went to Oklahoma, you grabbed some clothes and a mattress, and you're like biking stuff, and you drove back to Florida. Yeah, so like my living room right here, I got my TV. Uh, Bernard gave me one of his old little TV stands, so I got a TV, and it's on a stand, which is better than I was planning on doing, right. and I have this little beanbag chair that I got today, and I have my skiers, that's it, that's all that I got in here, so, that's mattress on the floor, You're right. you sleep on the floor, you wake up hungry, you know what I mean, with Joey being on the same team as me, it's been really good to bounce ideas, and I get along well with him, so, um, it helps with testing stuff. I, I ended up on his fork setting, and he ended up on my shock setting. So we kind of got a little, <laughs> nice. like, a Bovachi setting going yeah. on now. Which, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just nice to be around the team and everyone, too, you know? All right, Jelly. So Justin Bogle's a guy that, and he even kind of brought this up, right? Like, a guy that hasn't been top five, top ten, a guy that the keyboard warriors are like, oh, why does he even have a ride? He sucks. All that BS and Bogle decided, man, it's time to make a change. He's living like Rocky Balboa and Rocky Four, you know, with no amenities. I can't even say the word. What's the word, Galdi? I can't say it. Amenities. I don't know what you're trying to say. Like no, no fucking amenities. Yeah, there you go. Amenities. amenities. Oh, amenities. Thank you. There you go. Good no job, cab- Jelly. No cable. <laughs> no Wi-Fi. Like a a TV on a, that might have been on a, a floor if Burner hadn't given him a stand. Like he is regrouping. <laughs> He's, you know, redoing things. He picked up his whole life, moved out of Oklahoma. You know, he's not as comfortable probably in his living arrangement, but he's doing what he feels like he has to do to turn things around. Uh, and, and I thought that was just badass. I mean, not very few people would do that. That's for you, Jelly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think very many people would do it, especially in the middle of a season. But, I mean – with Bogle, like what he was uh, putting in the results wise at the beginning of the season, he probably wasn't happy with and then decided it's definitely worth a change or worth a try at that. So going down there and riding with a handful of factory guys, got to bring your confidence up and then improve your speed. So I think the move was definitely a good choice. And it's a bit of a gamble, though, going from what you know to something new. And it seems to be working out for him now. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I was very impressed with that, Galdi. Um, like, lately on the wrap-up show, I've been talking a lot about some of these guys coming on Pulp and just seemingly being very honest and giving us their truth or whatever. You know, like, not just, oh, the team's great, I'm great. They're giving us some real stories. Even, like, him talking about his mental health, and you know, and Steve brought up Joey Savacci kind of making a post. And then Justin Bogle admitted, like, hey, I've had some issues. You know, I'm dealing with some stuff after the concussions. Uh, everybody's dealing with some things. Like, I I dig that. I don't want to just hear about your bike and the track was good. I love this shit. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, uh, the, the world is, is on and uh, loves reality. Look at reality TV and, and drama and all that kind of stuff like that. Now, not that mental health is drama, but it, when someone talks about it, it really gets your attention and, and collects your ears towards it because it kind of like, holy shit, you know, you get that holy shit moment or like, oh, you never would have thought that or whatever. And I love the comparison that uh, Kiefer used uh, sort of during this talking about how tough the job is for these guys. You know, like, you know, what if you went to work with five coworkers and then the boss just says, all right, this is the workload today. Get after it. Whoever comes in second, you suck today. And, right. you know, you got to go back yeah. and you're, you're mad at the end of the day. Like, nobody ever really looks at that. They look at um, – you know, a guy like even Jelly, for instance, oh, your life is grand and you work for Justin Cooper and he wins races and you're making money and, making millions. and all this kind of things. But behind these scenes, there's so much toughness and long days and all this kind of stuff going on that people don't see. And when these guys share it, and Steve has built a great platform for that, I mean, yep. he never liked to pat the guy on the back because, well, it just makes for better uh, Pulp MX stuff, not giving him any credit. But it, <laughs> he's, he's built such a good platform for these guys. They, they feel open and honest about it. It's like, going on an Oprah or, or uh, maybe even in a, a, between an Oprah and a Jerry Springer. Uh, with it all, you know, you get on there and you just open up and people get drawn to it and it, it makes for some good entertainment and good for laughs and it really gets you in tune with that athlete. And for me, not even shitting you, the first round I picked Justin Bogle for fantasy and he and I missed it. He didn't even ride the night show. He, got, he hit his head in the, in the very yep. first race of the year and, and I didn't see it. Like, I missed it on the thing and I was like, mother effer, you said that, you know, doing that thing and then over the last few weeks I haven't picked Everything, but I've, I like watching him. And then that that interview right there, I'm like, wow, he's gonna have to. I gotta pick him on fantasy this weekend. He yeah. just deserves it, even if he sucks or whatever. Like he just, he just. He got me back as even a, a better fan again, being that open and sharing that kind of honesty and, and still showing such great respect to where he was, but now more respect where he's going. It's, it's a cool story the whole way through. I agree. What you just said uh, has affected me in the same way with some of these guys. Like when Jaleek Swole was on a few weeks ago, I instantly became a bigger fan of him, and I'm like, oh, I'm picking him in fantasy. And then inevitably my fantasy picks always suck. Uh, well, like, unfortunately, we only, we only start in We only see them doing the podium thing really yeah. right you know yeah and that's these shows uh whoever's it is when they get on there they're allowed to kind of be themselves and then all of a sudden you're like holy shit he's pretty normal you know oh, he likes this and he does that and oh he finds this tough and it, it it draws you in way better as a fan absolutely um jelly uh what about jericho so uh bogle obviously tight with jericho jericho wrench for him you know jericho now i don't know how long if you guys have just met with through star or if you knew each other beforehand um, but I, I was not aware of this hugging thing. Um, I, I think I'm going in for the hug this weekend, though. I mean, I'd definitely go in for the hug if I were you. Um, I've known Jericho. I've known Jericho for uh, I'd say a couple years now, but just him joining the team is how I've really got to know him personally. And uh, the hugging thing's real. I mean, we have Will Hahn in the shop every day who. He's a hugger, and he has been working on Derek for a good amount of time to uh, try to get a hug out of him. Well, <laughs> what the fuck ever happened to a handshake between men? What's this hugging stuff? <laughs> That's long gone. It's all hugging now. Uh, yeah, it's all, we're all soft now, Galdi. Uh, oh my! You, you, you called me a pussy the other day on uh, on our text message. So I mean, you know, uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm soft. <laughs> Yeah, you are a pussy for that reason, but you you are. (laughs) What'd you say, Jelly? I was going to say, you definitely own the hug now after that. Yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll be looking for him. He he owes me hugs anyway, because I always bring donuts. Um, 
You've probably missed out on the donut thing, Jelly, because I, I I brought him over to Star a few times, but Jericho and uh, Derek Dwyer, oh, that was it, Geico. You know, it was, those were those were kind of my guys that I always brought donuts to for sure. So uh, I think if Jericho wants the donuts to keep flowing, he's got to give the hug up. But um, knowing Jericho, I also I really like the question of what he would give up if he had to choose between wrestling and metal. And I feel like he went with the right choice. Uh, I mean, I obviously I know anybody that knows me knows I'm not giving up my medal. But um, <laughs> yeah, that that was that was probably one of the toughest decisions uh, Jericho ever had to make. I thought it was funny. Um, what about his chick situation, Jelly? What do you know, man? All right, say that one more time. What about Jericho's chick situation? Because he was basically keeping it on the DL. We I don't like that. I think he's still keeping it on the DL. Honestly, like he doesn't bring nothing up about it. Yeah. And um, I think I'm going to have to work a little bit harder to maybe pick it out of him or get some sort of answers. But uh, he keeps it pretty under wraps. Yeah, it's funny. I'll I'll call him out on this. Um, There was a chick that reached out to me on Instagram. I think the first time I had Jericho on my show, which was a couple years ago. And she's like, oh, yeah, we talk and ask him this and ask him that and he was i don't think he was too stoked when i started asking about the, he's like yeah 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 so <laughs> he wasn't feeling that line of questioning that's so that's pretty funny um all right i, I want to ask you something else here in a second jelly but let's first of all guts racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high performance seat covers and foam for motocross supercross and off-road competition Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Uh, all right, so Jelly, the professional mechanic, Steve talks about all the years you know that he wrenched. We found out what his factory salary was at Yamaha. Um, he's talked about how hard it is. You know, we hear this all the time, but the fans probably think you're living the, the life of luxury, right? Like the the best, the rock star life, uh, making millions of dollars. But it's really tell us what it's really like. Yeah, I mean, all the fans when they show up to the races, they see the show. They see yeah. The- awesome looking bikes the trailers that are set up and it that's just honestly a fraction of what goes into it pretty much all the hard work is in the off seasons and uh during the week before each race and it's honestly i mean i i love what i do but it it is seven days a week and it's every day all day and you pretty much eat sleep and breathe it so it's a it's a lot of work, and if someone asked me about getting into it, I would say it's it's definitely something to go for, and it teaches you a lot of life lessons that are beyond beyond motocross. It teaches you hard work and everything. So, yeah, it's not all glamour, but it's it's a fun job for sure. Yeah, you got to put a, it's not as easy. It's not just the Saturday, right? Like you said, it's not just what you see. It's yeah, I, I've seen you guys out there on top of the trucks, you know, in the pouring rain at Millville or, you know, in a hundred and eight degree temperature at Millville, it seems like, you know, putting up the canopies two days before the race actually happens, you know, and, and washing the trucks and all that shit that nobody really wants to do. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's gnarly, dude. It's I I couldn't do it. Like, there's no way I could put in what you guys put in for so little pay back. Sometimes, you know, um, it's it, you have to have the passion for it. Like Steve did, obviously, and you guys do. Uh, very commendable, though, and I'm glad you guys are out there doing it. Um, as I mentioned, right, we talked. I already talked about this. Bogle talked about mental health. And someone that came on the show that doesn't seem to have any mental health issues, Galdi, is Aaron Plessinger. That dude yeah. used terms like it's sick, uh, you know, never felt so good on a 450, felt so good. He was just – he's on he's at 110 all the time. He is awesome to listen to. Uh, you know, I don't have any audio from his interview, but he, he's, he feels like he's back. He feels like he's going to be a podium guy. Uh, he's he's believing in himself. He's found some differences in the bike that he likes. I, I thought it was really an insightful interview. Yeah, I agree for sure. And I bet you Jelly can give us even more on it. But from us, for myself, just kind of listening in and obviously watching him race, I mean, he's quite the character. He's He's got like a little bit of pastrana in him and then, a, you know, <laughs> yeah. a bit of aggressiveness with, uh, with a Mike Brown type riding style uh, out there. And then, of course, he's, he's, a, he's a laugh. Like every time you hear him on the mic, when you do get that chance, he's, a, he's so enjoyable and he draws you in because he's just so playful all the time and he's always smiling. He never seems to look like he's in a bad mood. And, and I mean, what a, what a speech he gave after that great ride and then of course do it for dale at the end of it i mean at daytona like just he just he aced every single time he touched the track yeah. he aced it in the main event he aced it on the mic the fans must be just flooding uh to the number seven now they're gonna love him and let's hope it carries on because it's guys like him yes we love cooper and we love webb and or sorry, we love Cooper and Roxon, sorry, and love those guys, and those guys are going to be your top guys, but you need that entertainment value in there as well. And and he, he was awesome for that on the weekend. And uh, we you need him to do better because he's the kind of guy like the Jets uh, that can come in and draw new people into our sport because he's just such a – it's so easy to fall in love with him and listen to him and, and, and sort of uh, be a fan of it when you when you hear what he says. And good on him, man. I had him in my fantasy on the weekend, man. He killed it. It was awesome Yeah, I did to watch. too. I did too. Yeah. And it's funny, you talk about his personality and the, the podium speech. Amber walked through at that – she wasn't watching the race with me, but she walked through while he was giving that speech, and she's like – that dude looks like a country singer. He was like, eh. yeah. <laughs> well, he kind of tune, tune in on Fridays, yeah. right on his uh, Instagram yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, country so, drives. Right. Yeah. So, Jelly, talk about that a little bit, man. I mean, you're on the team. Uh, he he mentioned in the past that he's a sucky tester, but now he's like all in. He's like, I want to be the guinea pig. I like getting the good stuff. Uh, like his, he's kind of shifted gears on that a little bit. It seems like. Yeah, I mean. To see uh, Aaron's improvement over the last couple of weeks has been, honestly, it's been really exciting to see. I mean, I wouldn't even say he struggled in the beginning. He was actually having one of his better seasons, and to see his attitude turn into his normal self and happy and happy with the bike is pretty awesome. Um, Testing-wise, I – because I – I didn't really wasn't with Aaron all that much when they were testing with him, but okay. uh, I wouldn't quite say that he's a terrible tester. He, I mean, all riders know what they want. I think it's just with him getting back with us at Star, they knew how to talk to him and how to elaborate what he was saying towards yeah. the bike, and then make the changes that they felt were right. I think that's the biggest difference is. Our guys have been, I mean, they were with Aaron for so many years that they've learned what he likes and 
what he means, what he means with what he says, like, um, and how to turn that, yeah, exactly. And how to turn that into transforming the bike into what he wants. Cause he could be saying one thing, but they know which way to go in that direction. I, like I think it. that's honestly one of the biggest differences for him this year is just, uh, just having that family personnel background. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's something that Steve had talked about before this season started, that that was going to be a good thing for him. Um, and Galdi, something that I, I kind of thought I was, I may be looking too deep into this, but Steve asked AP about moving his family to Florida where stars moving and, you know, and of course AP's response was, well, it's a signing year. I don't know yet. I kind of feel like that's why Steve was asking that question is just to see where his head was at. If there was any, you know, info he could give out, like I felt like he was kind of prodding or probing with that question a little bit. Well, I mean, that's kind of his job, right? Yeah, it's it's just trying it. to build a little information. Yeah, it's a contract year for Aaron. And, of course, it's been no secret that Jay Mart has sort of mentioned that there's going to be an open spot. And the only open spot that people think of is Aaron Plessinger's and, and stuff like that on that team. And I'm sure Jelly might be able to allude to a little bit, but maybe not as well. But, um, he, he, of course, that's every time you get these guys on the show that are in a position like Aaron, it's Steve's job to sort of probe what a fan is thinking. Like, okay, where could Aaron go? Who could get the ride? We'd love that. That's sort of uh, uh, the silly season, right? As a, I mean, I'm, I'm invested in the sport as much as anybody, and I'm I love silly season. Oh my god, that guy's signing here! Oh, he could be going there, and like that stuff is really cool to me because when I was racing in my in the '90s as a pro. I was with the same shop for like 15 years right, right, and on a right. Yamaha for like 12 of them or something like that. So it just, you know, the swapping around stuff like that, it's pretty neat. You only really see that stuff happen in the stick and ball sports all the time, but it's becoming such a different thing nowadays. And, and uh, yeah, so I, for sure he was probing and looking for some info there, but uh, by the sounds of it, there's nothing out there yet, unless maybe jelly can uh, give us any of the info on that. <laughs> you got any inside info jelly? Uh, I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I'm not sure either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so let me ask you this, uh, you know, step away from the pulp topic for just a minute. How, how is it working for, uh, Jay Coop? Honestly, it's great. He is honestly a really, uh, a really great guy to work for. He takes care of me and he's, uh, pretty easy on the bike. So that makes my life pretty easy. And, uh, his, he's doing really well and putting in the results. So that makes, Sunday build day is even easier. Yeah. So with the way um, round one went for the for the West quote unquote series, you know, obviously instantly Justin Cooper became the favorite. You know, going in, J Mart, Justin Cooper were kind of you know the two guys. Everybody instantly felt like J Coop is the favorite. Now, does that add any pressure to you? You know, obviously we can't ask him right now, but like. Does that add any pressure to you, or does it take any pressure off because, you know, the Jeremy Martins are out now, or does it change anything? Um, it's honestly the pressure's high from the start of the season through the whole season. Yeah, it's no matter what. It's, yeah, it's still, I would say it would add a little bit more pressure because now pretty much all the focus is on Justin to perform and to uh, get the results for the remainder of the season. So that's that's enough pressure in itself, and for myself, it's a lot of pressure to make sure he's on the track and mm-hmm. and he's uh, getting the job done too. So. Oh, all right, all right, that's a good answer. Um, all right, let's shift gears here. We had a couple hot topics 
coming out of uh, the last round that were talked about. Obviously, Cooper versus Roxon. Let's check this out. The big story, of course, uh, Cooper Webb and, and uh, Ken Roxon in the second turn. Webb uh, drove it outside there. Uh, Kenny was not too happy after the race. Uh, okay. I think he's heated, right? Yeah, he's heated. He, he wasn't expecting that, and that's why he's heated. Was it as bad as what he's making it out to be? No, he didn't go into the tough blocks. Cooper kind of screwed himself there, too, because he had at least a second-place start right there, right? He came out third, I believe. Right. So he got pretty lucky because he could have come out fifth or sixth. Cooper's mentality is, I'm not really worried about Eli. If Eli gets around me, Daytona, it's Eli. He's right. going to be good. I'm more worried about Kenny. Eli's 29 points back. I know I can be able to handle Eli when we get to back to Arlington. Um, so I think his focus was make sure Kenny has a bad start. I just don't understand why everyone gets all uppity about what he did. It wasn't wow. that big of a deal. It was not. That is, There's nothing wrong with what he did. Nothing. That, that is racing. Right. But if you're Kenny, you're pissed. Because Kenny, come, Kenny comes out with either first or second if <clears throat> Cooper doesn't do that. I think Cooper is in his head. Kenny was mad. And he should be. I think Kenny was yeah. more mad that he couldn't work his way back up as much as he thought he was going. I was surprised that Kenny's was that heated about it. Uh, look, he should be mad, but yeah. he, he seemed like he was pretty upset about it. But uh, if Webb doesn't do that to Roxon and they pull, a, like they go one two in some manner, Kiefer and I talked about it. We're like, yeah, that's racing. Yeah, it's part of the deal. Uh, I don't know. Kenny owes him one. Oh yeah, that's okay. what I think. I don't know. But that's the, I think they should race with a little more respect, but I don't believe that's part of racing nowadays. Right, right. Oh, wow. Kiefer, hmm. a little different. That's a different, yeah, that's a different, a different, different take. Yeah. Because I didn't think it was that bad. All right, Jelly, I'm going to go to you first. I'm with Kiefer. I don't know why this is even a story. Like, he didn't take the front wheel out. He basically made a block pass. Yeah, it was like the second turn, but it wasn't dirty. It wasn't, I just, I don't know why we care. Yeah, I don't know either. I have a, I would have to agree with you. I'm not sure why it's as big of a deal as it was blown up to be. I mean, yeah, I think what I think what everyone why everyone got bent out of shape about it was, was because of it was on the start. Like he just went out there on the start, but he didn't touch him. He didn't push him off the track. Like I would have to agree. I agree with you and uh, Stephen Key for that. I didn't think it was really that big a deal. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone on this. Galdi, I mean, you race pro, you know, at, at one point. Like, was this out of line? Uh, definitely not. If you're Cooper Webb, exact mundo move, what to do, uh, push the guy you're battling behind. If you're Ken Roxy, you're going to be mad at it because you lose the positions. And then if you listen to the show there, Kiefer and Steve say, yeah, not a big deal at all. And it wasn't a big deal if you were a racer. But it has been blown up because, you know, new fans are sort of just passionate fans of the sport. We're watching the two big guys. It's a fight. And that yeah. was like a, a claw to his face. You know what I mean? Oh, like a little cat fight, claw the face, or get oh, they're getting started there. You know, like the old Seinfeld episode. But they, uh, they, they, we, we are so drawn to that stuff, and yeah, we blow it up bigger than it is because we just constantly want more out of these guys. We want to see more action. We want to see more yeah. fighting, more battling. So we're expecting. But as far as the incident, I agree with those guys. I don't think there was anything wrong with what Cooper did. Um, I did like the take that Skip gave though of like showing these guys respect. So if we kind of look at it this way, say Coop tucks right to the inside and Eli gets stuck behind him, right? And then mm -hmm. uh, Ken goes right just around sort of the middle of that turn. They come at one, two, and we watch an all-time Donnybrook battle to the checkered flag. 
Um, and then afterwards they high five each other and, and this and that. Would we have wanted that more than what we got now? I don't know. We can't rewind time, but that would have been pretty cool to watch those guys go at it for the 20 minutes uh, plus a lap, as, as just back and forth and earliest, because it looked like Roxon was fast in the web. He caught him. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then made that big mistake yep. in the rhythm. But um, as far as the incident, yeah, I don't think it was much there. But if I was Cooper Webb, I would have done the same thing. And yeah, I'd be pissed if I was Roxon for sure. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with Skip that there was more respect, like in the 90s, between riders. I think this, some of those guys hated each other just as much and would. <laughs> Do things just as dirty in certain situations, or what you know, whatever. I mean, Emig and McGrath hated each other, right? I mean, there was not a whole lot of respect. Well, you saw on the show too. They brought up what Villapoto and Dungy. They yeah. rarely got into that stuff. Yeah, and you kind of see where they are. So, I mean, I guess maybe it's just a a generational thing, or maybe it's in the moment. But I think I mean, it's just situational. Is, yeah, it's, it's situational exactly. Yeah. Cooper Webb is gnarly. He is. The the uh, the every man every uh, if there's not a racer on the planet that doesn't want to grow up to be as badass mentally tough strong as that guy that like he's the top of the pedestal but of course the fan favorite is Ken Roxon so then you got both sides going at it you know right. it's your Democrats and Republicans going at it right now and <laughs> and uh, that's what we get for it and it creates that kind of drama but yeah the the move was was pretty simplistic for what kind of over drama it's been created for sure all right so the question after this is. Do we see fireworks in Dallas? Steve, I think Steve asked the question. JT was on the line, says, I hope so. Kiefer, I think, said no. What do you think, Jelly? We see any, uh, we see anything come of this in Dallas? And if so, do they stick to what Skip and Marshall said and make it count? Don't do it in practice. Save it for the main. But do you think we see any fireworks? I'm going to go with uh, what Kiefer says. I don't think there is going to be fireworks. I think if I mean, if there is, it's probably going to still come from Cooper Webb. That's what I, was I don't thinking. think Kenny. Yeah. yeah, I just don't see Kenny putting himself at that risk of going after Cooper. I think Kenny's more focused on the race than Cooper himself. Yeah, I, I agree, Galdi. I want to get your thoughts, but like I said last night on the show that I won't mention uh, that I think like continuing on what would be smart was for Cooper to keep doing what he's doing, playing the head games that he tries to play. And then for Kenny, just to race, don't, don't get in that game with Cooper, ignore it. And I think that's the best for both those guys. But what do you think? Do we see fireworks? Uh, no, I got to agree with Jelly and Keith, right? I don't yeah. think we're going to see any fireworks unless it comes down to a last lap type of situation like we've seen. But if we have those fireworks, it seems like the number two has got the, you know, the, the, the Roman candle of, of endless supply because he seems to come out on top every single time. And that was a question uh, I think that was asked in the, um, uh, the segment with Thomas there, uh, uh, the tear-off, sorry, expert and tear-off segment, yeah. um, that um, has there ever been a rider like Cooper Webb on the last lap? And he was just, it, it didn't even take him a second. He's like, nope, never, ever. And <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, looking at the statistics and the track record, if I'm Kenny, I don't want to get into it with that guy. Exactly. Because so far I have a big zero uh, as far as getting it back at him. I totally agree. Hey, since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products, as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. 
SealSaver is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 and save 25% at SealSavers.com. Uh, the other hot topic, Eli, five wins at Daytona. Is he back? Uh, you know, what's what's coming next with Eli? Let's check it out. Daytona, Tomac, fifth win. Yep. Has to win. Makes it happen. Good ride. Great ride. It's expected, right? You say has to. I don't really say he has to win that. He was 29 points down or something. I know. And he made some up. We got, he's only 24 now. 24 now. Yeah. Kiefer, I asked you this earlier. You're... You still think Tomax got this? Like he's got a chance at this? I think there's a, there's there's the door is still cracked open. You do? Yeah. See, I, I don't know, man. I know he won this why, weekend. What makes you say? Why, why do you say I don't know? Because he's just got to jump two guys, right? He had to jump one guy. Injuries yeah, happen. How, how many how many points is he behind now? I have twenty four. So so sit sit and think about this scenario, okay? You got. You got the top two guys that might need to owe each other one on the track, and if they take each other out, they both DNF that one race. Yeah, Tomac's back I mean, in it. I guess that that that's also lightning can come and strike. You know, I guess, but I just don't like those odds of two guys DNFing. You know. Um. All right, Galdi, I'm going to go to you on this one. Um, Kiefer and Steve kind of say, "Hey, it's really, really unlikely, right? That uh, Eli's going to win this or get have a chance to come back." Uh, Skip and Marshall are kind of the voice of reason. Well, if this happens, what we just talked about, if the fireworks happens, then maybe something, maybe both those guys DNF. You know, who do you agree with? What do you think of the topic? Well, I think the topic is a great one for sure. I mean, it is pretty, um, you know, you say Eli's got to win it, but I think almost everybody has said at this track now, it's not what it used to be. I raced Daytona in the nineties and it was, uh, you know, you know, walking up the hill both ways, roughness and so crazy, blah, 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 daytime program. It's a true supercross now. So to say he should have won it, like, I mean, it was, it was just as much, not just as much supercross, but as much supercross as everything that we've seen this year. So there wasn't much different, but yeah, it was a, a needed win for sure. And then as far as he's back and this and that, Damn right. You win a race that you haven't won in a while. And look at what happened last summer. I can't remember which round it was where he came. I don't know if he went 1-1, one of the nationals. And then he kind of clicked off like the last three or four rounds, winning a moto each one of them and, and uh, was chipping away at the at the, the title again. He didn't win it, obviously, but chipping away uh, kind of thing there. And so, and like anybody, you get a win, you get things rolling, and it's a positive thing. Yes, it's Daytona. He's won it five times. He's now tied with the greatest of all time. But like anywhere it is, you get that win, and, and you get this ball rolling. I, I definitely think you're going to see a, a very uh, poppier and snappier, a little more aggressive, a little more ready to go this weekend in Arlington uh, from from Tomac. And uh, as far as the Marshall Plum and, and – um, and, um, um, Sorry, Skip Norfolk yep. thought on it. It's funny for those guys to say it. I mean, I think Marshall was in a pretty tight uh, points chase back in 1990 when he was wrenching for Guy Cooper. But other than that, I think anything where he was in, he was kind of a winner. And same with Skip, they won all the time. So it would be hard-pressed for them to be like, well, I could DNF and I could do that. Right. When was the last time you seen Kenny or Cooper Webb DNF uh, anything? They're way too smart for that. So I don't see that happen. I think Steve's and Kiefer's thought and looking at it is good. But I also think that, again, with that win, Tomac's going to be uh, – I think they're a little somber on what they're seeing from Tomac. And then I think he's going to come out and be definitely a little bit – that little much better than what he's been prior to Daytona. Okay. Well, let me give you guys some inside information, and nobody knows this really. Uh, the last Pulp Mech, the last Pulp Mech show, Jelly. Do you remember 
the voicemail from the guy that had all the answers for Factory Kawasaki. His 86 Honda suspension was like pillows. You yeah, remember? yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, well, I sent that. I on. remember it, but I can't remember it. Okay. I, I can't remember everything about it. Well, he was talking about how the power band was so snappy on his 86 Honda, and the suspension was like pillows, and that the, 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 the power band on the Kawasaki's looks too snappy. That's what it was, you know, and it's just, you know, they, the, the bikes just weren't set up right. Well, I took the time to send the audio to Brian Krantz, Eli Tomac's mechanic, so I think they fixed the problem. They clearly found the guy that sent the voicemail, and he's working with Eli now. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, that's the answer. The, uh, yeah, so anyway, I did actually send that to Shanty and Kranz, and they thought it was – they said it was a, a big laugh around the factory Kawasaki rig, so that's funny. Anyway, um, speaking of teams and – like, Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, I feel like you should take a little bit of credit for that win this past weekend then. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That. I, I don't know why Eli didn't give me credit on the podium, but he probably just forgot. It's fair. That's rude, Eli. I can't believe you, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all right. I'll, I'll let it go this time. So, Jelly. Speaking of teams, and you know, uh, the Pulp Mech Show. You and Jericho are listening to the show. I, I assume in the in the shop. But from the history that Kiefer and Steve had with, uh, you know, with Star Yamaha last year, there's somebody there that seems like they don't like Steve so much. What is that like? Do you do you get any of that vibe when you listen to the show in the shop? Yeah, are most of the guys into it? Is there ever like, oh, we need to turn it down, or you know, what's that like? No, I mean, it's we can listen to it as loud as we want. There's no rear, there's no weird vibes around the shop. Jelly gets a dock and pay if it's too loud. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll get some trouble. I'm hurting this year now. Yeah, Yeah, I I just uh, I kind of wondered. It seems like most, like a lot of people listen to Steve. I know a lot of the teams listen to Steve and the Pulp Show. Uh, I think it's it's just funny because of the the little bit of history that happened last year, you know, when Will's kind of backed off coming on the show, um, you know, and he really hasn't talked about why. We all kind of have our thoughts of why he doesn't come on the show, but yeah, I was wondering what that vibe was like. But it's um, it's cool that you and Jericho are anybody else on the team big fans of Pulp. Oh, I'm not sure. I think it's mainly just me and Jericho. I know okay. most of the guys will tune into it with us, but. Yeah. Mainly us too. All right. Well, um, yeah, I was actually talking to your your rider last night just a little bit. We were texting about Mad Skills. I didn't know how good he was. I just found that out. Dude, he's one of the best in the world, isn't he? Still, I think he's number eleven right now. He said in the world. Is he eleven? Oh Where man, I'm like ninety-eight. What's that? They sent him. I think was it Sweden? Yeah, yeah play in the finals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 A few years ago. I'm 117th in the world right now. Oh wow! Well, I'm probably like 10,000th or something. So yeah, I got some skill on. I've played Coop a few times when we when this thing not uh, or played as Ghost Guy or whatever. But yeah, he's badass at Mad Skills, man. Yeah, my Mad Skill level, my Mad Skills skills are about as good as my Pulp Mix Fantasy skills. <laughs> not, Your Mad Skills are sad. They're sad skills. They are. But yeah, we had Brian yeah. from Mad Skills on last night. We were talking about Jay Coop and. Uh, there's actually, if you guys are Mad Skill fans, there there may be some little cool stuff coming with Justin Cooper in the future uh, within that game. Um, I'm probably not even supposed to say anything, so I'll drop it at that point. But, uh, yes, it, some cool stuff coming. Um, speaking of Justin Cooper, Jelly, here's where I, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put you uh, 
uh, up, you know, at the firing line here. I want you to respond to this audio. Uh, I don't know what's up with Justin Cooper starts. They were garbage all day. How do you get a bad start on that bike? I would love to ride it. I would have loved to ridden it to tell you that. But I don't know if it was like a tire or a gearing issue. Like, I don't know what was going on. What say you, Jelly? Uh, no. Um, pretty much what you couldn't see on TV was they left the track hard for the brain. And with Justin, his jumps weren't, weren't the issue for him. It was... What was going on after the start is the rut was like concrete all the way across. And I think, I don't know if we were just having tire spin issues like three or four feet outside the gate and just losing drive and losing handlebars on guys. And I don't know if we kind of have some ideas of what we could have done, but now it's pretty much too late. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, hey. Things happen, right? I mean, maybe the, some, the set, a little bit of the setup or a little bit of the situation caused it. But there's your answer, Steve. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was funny, Galdi, that, you know, it's like, I would have liked to have wrote it so I could figure, you know, I would know why he got a bad start. Oh, yeah, they got to show the jobs in there. I, they Maybe now when they have to listen to this, they're like, oh, well, Je- Jelly did the start, and then Cooper got on the bike in the first turn. That's why it was bad starts. Or something yeah. silly like that, you know. They can, that's the, the turn that can yeah. to make the pulpa next turnover on the shows. But, uh, of course, yeah, they threw the job in there. It had to be done for sure, man. All of us are loving that, that dramatic thing that happened with the whole bike and nonsense. Sure. Like that. And then, yeah, that Coop getting a bad start this weekend definitely made that easy for them to poke a few little uh, – poke the bear some more. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. What about yeah. Kyle Peters, man? Coming off uh, undefeated season with Kicker Arena Cross. Uh, KP says, hey, man, I see no reason. I shouldn't be fighting for a podium. Um, I want to ask you guys if, let's go with you, Galdi, if you think missing Supercross for the Kicker Arena Cross season was a good idea. Was it a good move? Was it something that you, you know, if you were his team manager or his, his just his manager or his, you know, whatever, man friend, would you think that was a good move? Oh, he got fifth, right, at Orlando, too? I think he got yes. fifth, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, he started at the Supercross Series great. Um, and then, so uh, for people listening or are going to tune in this thing, I used to do the Arena Cross announcing back in the, the Speed speed TV days when the money was real good and Gibson's and, and, and these guys that were winning, uh, Brock Sellers was in there, stuff like that. They were making really good money. And then, KP Shearer's on the show. I think Steve pulled it. Oh, did you make 50K? And he's like, oh, no, no, not even that. And I'm like, whoa, you didn't make 50K for winning 20 races in a row between track money, bonus money, something. I'm like, I felt like that was kind of, I I don't know, a bit of a slap to the, we all know how, how, you know, shitty payback is in the sport with things, but I was just like, man, that that seems really, really. I, with championship alone from the series, it, it had to have been ten grand, you would think. And then twenty twenty races in a row, a thousand bucks. You got to figure a thousand bucks a win. That's two mm. two thousand a weekend. There's forty. I don't know. I I felt really really weird about that. But uh, I mean, what dominance? That's that's pretty sick. And he was obviously pretty stoked about it. But the skipping, I think that was a smart move. Um, uh, just for the sheer fact on the team and, and flying back and forth like they talked about in the show a little bit, like KP said, they were talking about coming back. I think that was a smart move. He's, to get fifth, they even alluded to it in the show, like a fifth or seventh in the 250 series is it's not like Star might be coming knocking on the door or the you know the the KTM guys filling in for for the Volan kid or something like that. Like 
he's got to be winning or second in that class right now to get noticed by the pro circuit or the stars. And so I think it was a right move on their part to keep that career going. And what did he say? He was 27, right? I think so. Yeah. He's not like a young guy. It's not like these teams are, are hiring older dudes uh, that much anymore. And not that that's old in our, in, in our world, but um, I, I think it was a smart move. Okay. Well, um, they also, they asked him or they were kind of discussing at the end of the interview, where they thought he would finish when he comes back. So let's listen to the audio and it'll touch on some of the things you just touched on also, but let's check it out. I mean, yeah. let's, let's face it. Okay. Like he, KP could go to Supercross, right? Yeah. Where do you think KP lands at? Uh, KP will be five to 10 every single time. Okay. Yes. Five to 10. Yes. And although that is great. Right. Is that going to get him anything? No. No. Not much. So, so yeah. why yeah. not go kill it? Be a 20 and 0 guy. He stands out now. I think my program's a lot better than what it has been in the past. So I, I don't see any reason why I can't be fighting fighting for podium spots every weekend, even even with how, how stacked and gnarly West Coast is. I'm going to go fifth, <laughs> KP. That's what I have to do. So hey. he's going to beat March Banks, Hunter, Mar- Amart. You're, Amart? You're going to beat Amart? Oh, I love fucking troll. All right, what do you got, <laughs> Kiefer? What do you got? I got him first round as he got okay. six. Yeah. That's good. I like how he's not yeah, even saying uh, anything. He's like, he's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, my goal is to be on the podium. It's a good goal to have. I, I hope it happens. I'd like to see it. Um, you know, whether he can transition that arena cross experience and that championship into Supercross, we'll see here uh, in a couple of days. Uh, and again, he talked about Galdi or uh, Jelly. He talked about. You know, the, the mentality or the mental, not really mental health, but just mentally being scared in the past and from getting hurt and lack of confidence. This sport is so mental, man. I mean, it really does take a lot out of you if you just have a, even the slightest amount of lack of confidence. Yeah, I agree, too. And then with him coming off of winning the arena cross, like that's got to be a really good confidence booster coming into this next Supercross round. So, honestly, it could go either way. It could push him two positions ahead and be on the podium, or he could just get another fifth or sixth again. Right, yeah, true. Um, I really liked – I thought it was pretty interesting, the the Bobby Reagan talk, which I'm not, I'm not going to make you comment on that, Jelly. Um, but just, you know, being let go after one year, that's such a brutal thing in our sport with some of these young guys that don't have time to develop. Uh, you know, and, and Steve kind of told the story that he had heard about when Cooper Webb won his championship with Star and, and Bobby basically saying, if you don't jump that section, uh, you know, I'm going to bench you. That's, that's pretty hardcore, Galdi. I mean, whether I don't want to, I don't want to get into it too much because Jelly's on the phone. I don't want to put him in a bad situation, but. That's that. It's, it's intense with these young guys sometimes. For sure. I mean, they're they're you know thrown into into the deep end with yeah. some serious serious players at times. You know, like right now you got those these Pierce Browns and the yep. Amakers, and then I mean uh, Jelly works with the Thrasher and Fry, and, and <laughs> Kitchen's going to be coming in here soon. Like they're going up against badass dudes, but they're on teams that are expected to see results pretty much from the get-go like you're not that you're not these kids aren't getting these rides to go out and get 16th or 18th or whatever it may be so yeah man it's tough for sure and of course bobby reagan he's a businessman yeah this is a business too yeah you got to be friends and you want to be you want everybody to like it but at the end of the day results is what you get you that sponsor dollar or that high placed rider or those championships kind of thing and when you're not delivering it sometimes you got to be that bad guy and it 
by the sounds of things, Mr. Reagan doesn't seem like he's short on giving you know bad news <laughs> easily to, yeah. to some of these riders over the years. But you know, it, it also it also is proven in the stats as well. Look at the records and the and the titles and the things that are going on there, and the amount of riders that are willing to go there and ride for that team right now. Look at the amount of people that are there, and obviously Jelly can attest to that if he wishes. But it, it, sometimes you got to be an asshole to get ahead, and and that's sometimes the way it's got to be. All right, fair enough. Uh, the other thing that the last thing on KP that I want to talk about. I like that it kind of solidifies when Jeremy Martin was working at the motorcycle shop that Steve likes to make fun of. But KP talked about working at a car lot, and he's like, okay, surely I can go faster on a dirt bike. It's time to get back to racing. Look, dude, working a real job, a real quote-unquote job, will make you want to get back to racing. I can only imagine when I'm out there doing what I do every day, I wish I could do the media thing full-time or whatever. Like, I get it. I thought that was pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, KP was a great interview, I thought. Got to know him a little better. All right. So, hey, you guys know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulpomex Show. And now, once again, I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is once again a proud sponsor of the Pulpomex Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. And just so you guys know, back in 1891 when they did that, Randy Richardson was still working for them. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, and be sure to follow them at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram. Speaking of Michelin, Randy called in uh, to promote the the deal between Motorsport and Michelin. If you guys go to motorsport.com, use the links on pulpmexshow.com. You buy a set of Starcross Fives, you get a free set of Michelin tubes. Hard to beat that. Uh, but you do have to buy the set. Don't don't listen to Steve. You can't just buy one. Buy a set. Get a free set of tubes. Thanks to Michelin and Motorsport for that. And I want to touch on Randy. Man, look, Randy is gold, Jelly. 99.999% of the time he's on. But he, he kind of bombed on his joke, the Alessi joke. I don't even know how many people got it. Oh, man, Randy is funny. I'm not sure if, yeah, I'm not sure if a lot of people got it or not, but... He does have some good jokes, and yeah, sure. yeah, he he was reaching a little bit, Galdi, with the Alessi and pointing, and it was a laser gate reference, but it it fell short. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. But you know what? Out of uh, the one hundred jokes Randy can tell in say ten minutes, yeah. ninety eight of them are hilarious. So I, I agree. You're get, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's a small percentage, but yeah, that one that one didn't hit home. But it also gave now a new funny little moment of the thing. Hey, remember that time that Randy did tell a <laughs> shitty joke? The hell was he talking That'll about? That'll be the yeah. new thing on Pulp. Yeah. Hey, Randy, when he calls in next time, oh, why don't you tell us another shitty joke? You know, so <laughs> yeah. and then it'll turn Perfect. into a hilarious joke. So there yeah. we go. We got a new segment for the next show. I like it. Uh, all right, so Jelly, when you're listening to a five-hour show like Pulp, do you have a preference between like the guests, like we had, like Aaron Plessinger, you know, or Justin Cooper, whoever may be on, or say segments like the Race Tech Rant, Motorsport Tweets, X Brand Teros, Future Headlines, uh, or do you like just like an open discussion that leads to its own topic? I mean, do you have a preference? Um, honestly, I do like the open discussions that will lead kind of out in the left field on things that weren't even planned to get brought up because yep. I feel like it definitely goes down a road that um, it gets pretty interesting and then they'll bring up old stories or 
you'll get to learn something new about a different person. I definitely enjoy that a lot. Well, that was the perfect answer because I did not set you up for this. But my next topic is the open discussion that led to JT talking about start blocks and wasn't allowed to use rocks. Uh, had to, He could use any big pile of dirt he could find, but no rocks. And, of course, Steve thinks start blocks are ridiculous, start devices, mapping, it's just all that. <laughs> but, Galdi, I, I just I thought that like it turned into like a 10, 15-minute discussion on start blocks. Which, I mean, look, we know JT's a short dude, right? And a lot of these riders, a lot of these guys are they're little bitty, man. I mean, if you don't actually meet them face-to-face, you don't realize how little they are. They, they can't all reach. Yeah, 100%. I remember years ago when I first met RC and, and even yeah. Reedy, and I'm like, holy crap, you, you look at them as these, these heroic statues, and then you're like, this guy can barely you know see over the steering wheel yeah, yeah. and kind of thing. So it's pretty it's pretty wild for sure. But, yeah, it's funny how that is, and I, I got to agree with Jelly. And I, this show did it again with uh, the Skip Norfolk part. Skip comes in, they start talking old school, mm-hmm. and Marshall's sitting in his shop listening, and he calls in, and then all of a sudden it turns into this great old-time story and, and stuff like that. And I, and that's, again, that platform that Steve has created. These guests always have, you know, it's like looking at the family tree. They just, everything branches out. Oh, I know this, or I'm going to call in for that guy or whatever. I remember uh, when I was doing the shows, got buddies of mine from Canada call in, and then it just kind of goes off on a tangent or whatever kind of thing, you know. So yep. that stuff's really cool, especially when you have guests like a Skip Norfolk with so much history down there. You, you figure if someone does call in, it's going to definitely go down a rabbit hole and, and, and run off, and, and that's what it does. So I agree with Jelly on that one. I love the good discussions, and then, like you, like you said, it usually leads into more stuff. And as for the the uh, the start blocks, I mean, uh, Steve's got a point of it's so easy nowadays, and it's just like you know, you, it's so uh, simple you, you, with the, the the launch device and then the mapping and everything you do. Um, I believe it. It's Loretta's. You can't bring your own start block. You actually have to have like they set. They have uh, a set of forty of them there. Um, that they have to use them. They're all the exact same thing. So you know you can't use different heights or you, you know, put your feet in like you're on a like on a on a sprint thing. Like put your feet backwards to really drive the bike. So it's it's kind of um, weird how it all works out nowadays. But uh, yeah, it's cool how those guys get talking and then. Yeah, JT's like, I couldn't even use a rock. I did clump dirt. So he's, right. you know, he's got a little mini excavator every time he had to do a start <laughs> when he's in back then racing trying to get dirt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I do like that. And that's really why some of the shows recently when Steve's been out of town turn out so good, you know, when he has Ferry in or whatever. And there's really maybe one guest, maybe two, but it's really just a guy sitting around the table. And there are topics that they're trying to get to, but it becomes this storytelling uh, and, and, you know, no callers when he's out of town. And, yeah, those shows have been really great. So I think both of you guys are, are right. But as far as segments go, I love the Race Tech rant, man. I love it. It's my favorite su- <laughs> subject, my favorite topic Ooh, segment. Yeah, good. This week, um, the, the rant wasn't fantastic. The official rant wasn't fantastic. Uh, he had a second rant that I thought, and earlier in the show, that I thought could have been the rant. But um, let's listen to what he had to say, and we'll discuss the rant. So, in my day as a mechanic, Daytona, right? And I brought this question up to Coop on the post-race press conference this weekend. Mm-hmm. And he verified everything that I remember and think. Daytona's coming. Fucking Daytona. Here it is. Oh, God. We got to build ourselves a Daytona section. We're going to just dig some shit in the ground. We're going to fucking soften our suspension by 40%. We're going to test suspension settings. We're going to do everything else. And we're going to make a Daytona bike because fucking Daytona's here. And then you get to the race. And the rider's like, oh, my God, my bike feels so fucking weird. 
Can we go stiffer, 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 stiffer uh, from what we ended up with? It's more of a supercross track now than ever before. My point being, the Daytona testing is bullshit. It's complete bullshit. And you end up going, what you should do is take your supercross stuff that you've been riding with, soften it up, give yourself a little more sag, call it a day. All right, I'm going to let you have this one, Jelly. Like I said, I mean, it's a good rant. It's not one of my favorite rants because it really doesn't affect me very much. Um, But I would think this topic does affect you. Yeah, I mean, I I would have to somewhat agree with Steve on the uh, Daytona rant. For this year, for us, we honestly, all we did was ride some sand in Florida and pretty much left the bike the same with the track being pretty super crossy and then having, I mean, the gnarly sand section. I mean, the bike actually worked really well from our settings from previous races. Yeah, so we well, really didn't have that much ch- have that much changes going on during the week. Okay, well, typically, I, you guys both kind of lit up. It sounded like a little bit, you know, vocally lit up when I mentioned the rants. Like, is that for you, Jelly? Is that one of the the, the segments you look forward to? Yeah, it is. I do like hearing. Like, honestly, some of Steve's funniest rants have nothing to even do with racing or yes. motocross. Yes. Either Starbucks or what happened at a hotel which actually make it pretty enjoyable i agree well speaking of the fedex one the fedex one was hilarious yeah, FedEx, <laughs> the, yeah, guy, the, post the post office, office but, or whatever it was yeah the, yeah the post office yeah but the one the, the other rant from monday night that i'm calling a rant that was definitely non-moto related galdi was the boom bottle don't violate my ear holes with your music <laughs> of course unless it's van halen then it's okay yeah i thought that was great i mean i like, I he, guess I, I I would have to agree with it too. I mean, if you're really? going on the, the thing, well, I mean, if you're if you're in the trail, I don't. I'm not a guy that's I'm not a mountain bike guy or road bike guy or whatever. But I yeah. guess it's the same way as like you're driving down the road and you you come up to a stoplight or you're driving slow and the guy behind you's got the booming system rocking and it's listening to something that you don't like. Sure, you're like oh my god, that's kind of annoying. But yeah, if it's a good song, you you join in. <laughs> sort of yeah, thing. exactly. So I guess it could go both ways on it for sure. But um, well, uh, you know, go both ways. Seems like he's yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, Kiefer, go both ways. Um, the, uh, the it seems like Steve is is very focused on these 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 rides of his these uh, taser sessions. That if you mess anything up in it, it, it just right. fucks his whole day up. Well, <laughs> spoils his training session. Yeah, I yeah, I would be fine. Like I don't really care. Like especially if you're on the trail and you're you're passing somebody or they're passing you and they go by. Like it's it's ten seconds. Who cares? But. <laughs> You know, again, if it's cut, like I despise country music, so if it's country, I'd be pissed. Pretty much anything else, I'm okay. Uh, but anyway, I thought I thought that was a good rant. Um, that one made me laugh, even though it technically technically didn't fall under the race tech rant. Um, all right, so a few more things we're going to talk about. Uh, my buddy Nick over at Moto Limited in Australia, he always sends me notes on the Pulp Show. One of the notes he touched on that I forgot to even write down was. The, Steve not buying chains. <laughs> the, the, it, was a, it was just a small discussion. It started out with O-ring chain discussion. And Steve's like, hell no, I don't have to pay for my chains. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Jelly, I thought it was funny. Nick thought it was funny. He, he wanted to touch on it. What do you think, man? Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, it is also kind of funny to listen about Steve on his bike maintenance. Even yeah. with him being a past mechanic, it seems like a little bit of a loose program. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a good one. Uh, okay, so, Galdi, does it look 
if you're if you're just a, a regular fan, a regular guy, not any involvement in the in the industry, quote unquote, and you you know you work your ass off every day, and to buy an eighty or ninety dollar chain is a big deal. When Steve says something like that, do you think that that could put a bad taste in somebody's mouth? Because like to me, even if I was the, still that guy where I didn't get some help. I wouldn't really care if, you know, that he says that, but maybe some people would be a little butthurt by that. Well, there'd be some out there for sure. Cause they look at it like he's, you know, this is, he's privileged. He's An got elitist. this privileged thing. So he gets this privilege. But if it's funny, if you, if you listen again uh, to the show and he, they talk about, remember the air filters. Oh yeah. yeah. And he's like, Oh man, I remember you said the wash air filters. Skip, skip. When did you wash air filters? Skip's like, yeah, we, we didn't wash air filters. We just had them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like a back, a back innuendo kind of thing there to the chain thing. So, you know, at one point Steve was the guy you're referring to that might've get butt hurt looking over at Skip Norfolk putting in the brand new filter in Jeremy's bikes and he's washing Timmy's uh, on the other side and then now it's like whoa I don't have to buy chains I get it for free but there are guys out there that do have to buy chains so it was, they had it back and forth there for a little bit of those those topics that kind of like went out of nowhere the topics went off in a bit right true true yeah absolutely yeah. hey something I want to remind everybody about um, this kind of came up early in the show and then when I called in we talked about it guys don't forget about the Yamaha LCQ challenge go to pulpmix.com mm-hmm. there's a link there Buy some tickets. You know, they're 20 bucks a pop. You could win a bike. Uh, supports the, the privateers. We, he's been doing this. So I think this is year three now, maybe year four. Uh, but go do it, man. Go buy a, a ticket, 20 bucks. We we bought five from our show, and I still haven't, haven't heard who won those, but somebody got 10 tickets for the price of five, so that's pretty rad. But, yeah. Pulpix. Yeah, that was cool. You do that. I like that, man. That's a very we've we've heard how much Steve has done for privateers over the last bunch of years in over a hundred thousand dollars and stuff like yeah. that. It's it's unprecedented. Once again, pat on the back. He does not have to do those types of things, <laughs> and Yamaha doesn't have to kick in all these these wicked prizes. That is truly amazing. And actually, I think we just saw something come out with Christian Craig doing something for privateers. Yeah, he is um, doing some stuff. I think yeah. that was today, right? He's doing yep. like five hundred bucks for the guy that gets forty first or something. Yeah, I, I think in qualifying, I think it is. So that's cool. And maybe it's. You know, uh, I, I saw what Steve did, and, and I want to do something like this. Or maybe they came up with their own idea, but it's just cool. There are these programs out there for these guys that, you know, they're not struggling, but it is, it's definitely harder in the position they are in when they go to the races. Totally agree. So go go visit pulpmix.com, look for the link, and buy some tickets. And, you know, you might actually yeah. get something out of it. So that's cool. You might win something. I think there's some other prizes, too. Uh, I'm there's not... like 19 prizes or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. Yeah, um, Mark's put it up on the on the YouTube channel thing. You could see it, and I'm sure I'm sure all that stuff is on pulpmix.com. Go check it out. Uh, how about Jelly the the Kiwi that sent the email, not liking Chris Kiefer and his f bombs? No, no, no OEM wants that, uh, dude. That's that's a rare rare thing to get somebody disliking Kiefer. I didn't know those types of people were out there. I know. No <laughs> kidding. First time I've ever heard anything about that. Yeah, that was. I don't just, know how you could not like. I totally agree, but it, have it. I mean, that proves right there that like anybody can find. There's always going to be somebody that dislikes something. Like always, there's. It's, it's too easy not to yeah, find the true. people nowadays. They can sit behind the computer and flex their flex their tough guy tude. Yep, totally agree. But that was, yeah, I, I disagree <laughs> with that guy. Uh, a couple of my buddies that live in Australia and New Zealand, are like they were, they were hating on that Kiwi that he that guy was wrong. So uh, <laughs> anyway, that's pretty funny. Um, 
Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motosport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the street, race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And, of course, the Motosport.com Tweet at Talent segment. We've already played the new intro couple cool topics here that a couple that i picked up on uh to talk about galdi let's see um filming aiden when he sleeps chris key for filming aiden when he sleeps uh dude i i get where aiden's coming from but i also get where chris is coming from it's funny though man and i love aiden that's a good kid dude but it's i i think chris has to keep doing it yeah, I don't know. I'd be probably pissed off if my dad was doing that to me. Well, of course he would be. But... At that age, for sure. But, I mean, yeah, it makes us laugh, so I guess keep on trucking. All right, I like it. Jelly, the one I got for you, uh, they asked about how often do mechanics fight down on the you know, pit lane, whatever. You, got, you ever get into it with anybody? Honestly, I haven't. I'm not, I haven't really even seen a fight down there. I don't think it really, I mean, you get into a little push and shove to get a spot at the, at the bales, but other than that, it, it's really not that bad. No, no games of like hanging your, your pit board out a little longer. So the guy behind Justin doesn't get to see, you know, whoever's behind Justin doesn't see his pit board. Oh yeah. We're all doing that. Okay. We're putting it out <laughs> early, letting the guy in front of him see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That type of stuff goes on, but with fighting-wise, no. Not yeah. Really. All right. Good, good. Um, all right, here's another one for you, Jelly. This. Oh, let me play this, and then I'm going to get your thoughts. So rank the three Yamaha guys through nine rounds. Ferrandis has probably shown the most speed. Okay. Mookie, you have to go Mookie one, though. Like, Mookie well, has been there every week. I, I go Mookie one, and then I go 2A and 2B. Uh, Mookie, AP, Dylan. And, like, a, Dylan, I think, uh, rides the bike um, over its potential at times, mm-hmm. so I think that hurts him. Could you guys see how much better AP was in those whoops than everyone around him? So that's that's where I really struggle with him carrying this form on because I don't think he's going to be able to have that advantage, right? There's not going to be a 50-yard set of stand whoops where he's just going to be able to get up on the rear tire and blast past everybody. I just think he's going to be up near three, four, five more than we've seen him so far. All right, Jelly. So this is your team, your guys. Even though you're uh, you're the part of the 250 division, um, give me. I mean, can you? Are you willing to rank your 450 guys? It's honestly tough. Like all three guys have had their their shines and their weaknesses. I mean. Mookie's been probably the most consistent, I would say, because he's constantly got himself within the fifth, sixth place area. But yeah. then you got AP, who had a breakout ride, put himself on the podium. Dylan had a breakout ride, put himself on the podium. And for Mookie, I just think it's missing that opportunity to get himself on the podium. He's right there. It's just now, I think, an opportunity to arise to bump him those three spots, but to rank him. Oh, man, that's tough. It is tough. I don't know. I don't even know if I can put them in, a, in an order because they're, it's so similar. Yeah, I think that I, I agree with you. Galdi, I mean, what about you, man? Do you, uh, you agree with what the, the guests of the show said? You on board with Jelly? What do you think? 
I, I go, um, I think it was Kiefer said it. He said uh, Malcolm, AP, and then um, and Dylan. And the only reason Dylan is third is because he gets a second at round two, and then it's been eight, nines, elevens, stuff like that since then. There's been just that huge lack of inconsistency where Mookie's been the five, six, like Jelly said, and even AP's been the seven, eight. Uh, is consistent like that. So that would be the only way that I would rank him. But, I mean, I think they're all riding awesome. And um, I think this weekend was Mookie's opportunity. But as JT alluded on the show, the whoops and the way that Plessinger was able to do it, even though Mookie's a whoop guy, that advantage was unbelievable for AP in that 30 yards, 40 yards of track. And Mookie would just didn't get into that position quicker because he was fourth for the longest time, right, until Roxon got him near the end there. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I agree with you guys. I, I'd like I feel like Dylan has the most upside in the next couple of years, but yeah, he's kind of inconsistent right now. Yeah. Um, all right, last topic based off Monday night. We'll we'll make fun of Steve a little bit. Let's hear it. Ah, thanks, man. So great. I'm glad it's working. It's out. so great that Kiefer helped you to tell you to send some <laughs> resumes God. off. Yeah, that's amazing. But Brett emailed you. You wouldn't even email Brett back. You don't know that. Oh, that's I true. do know that. I was waiting for uh, a little FMF help from Steve and never heard back. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, Brett. Well, thanks for calling. <laughs> Let's wrap it up, Brett. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, Brett. Later. Appreciate that. <laughs> Whatever, Brett. Great Sorry, guy for JT. Down. Great guy for Kiefer. They're yep. doing gr- they're doing God's work over yep. here yep. for people. I guess uh, maybe I should have somebody call in for me. <laughs> should I should I plant a call in? Where's the cricket uh, sound drop? Yeah, I mean Dustin, that's awesome to hear that he you know JT went and above and beyond for you. I, that's awesome. Did I? I mean, did I do anything I mean, at all, Dustin, for you? Well, yeah, I actually called you a couple months ago. You helped me out with that wrench rabbit kit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. There it is. So <laughs> I'm actually called in to say thank you on that one, but again, like just, but I appreciated that too, but. Uh, Stick it up your ass. A couple yeah. angels in here at the studio, I guess. Yeah, just, you know. Steve, when you, I know you have a bad shoulder. Like, when you are patting yourself on the back, does your shoulder bother you? I was getting an <laughs> onslaught of people just thanking Kiefer and JT. I just wanted something, anything, anything at all. Stick it up your for, ass. For myself, just something. Just, I just want to be appreciated a little bit in my life. That's all. <laughs> just from somebody at any point. Oh, Galdi, poor Steve, man. Just wants to be appreciated a little. Yeah, it's tough there at the top of the empire, sitting in that big chair, staring down at all his disciples, for sure. It's a tough life out there. It is. Uh, but as JT alludes to, he goes to the track, people pat him on the back all the time. That's just him having fun with his buddies in the moment on the show. Yeah. Because uh, there wasn't a letter in his, it's pointed towards him or whatever it was there. So, uh, yeah, he, he's got the big heart, but for if you get, if, if that happens on the show, then he's able to turn it into some sort of dramatic entertainment for us. <laughs> I agree. I like yeah. I like JT's response about patting himself on the back. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he got a bad shoulder and all, but uh, uh, yeah, Jelly. I don't. Have you ever met Steve Jelly? No, I've never met him personally. Actually, that's crazy. Man, we gotta. We I gotta mean, he get, swung by the truck, but yeah, or uh, swung by the truck, but other than that, I haven't. Well, now that he, you know, he he clearly wasn't aware that you were a listener uh, when I when I mentioned it Monday night. So I bet I bet he'll say hi now, and that'd be cool. Maybe maybe next time Jericho's in, you know, during some off season stuff or something, we get you in too. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. So, Jelly, I want to ask you since you're a fan and this is the first time on here, what what is something that Pope is missing, or like, is there anything that you would like to see added, changed? You know, any any thoughts on the show overall? 
Oh, man, that's a hard one. Yeah. Um, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, it is, and it does have, like, pretty much a variety of everything. Nothing really, honestly, pops to mind that... Uh, More Galdi? That would, yeah, or Galdi, for sure. His episode's good. Um, yeah, the, the Glenn Hill... Know, got uh, a, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, it's got a little bit of drama, it's got a little bit of comedy, and then it gets serious, it's got throwback stories, like... I don't know. I don't know what more you could want to add to it. Yeah, I mean, metal. The Metal's Up show, Glenn Helen, two years ago, still my favorite show of all time. That's that's my number one. Yeah, yeah we had a good time. We <laughs> yeah. had a good time. But see, shows Martin Scorsese just waiting to write the script here for the ultimate movie on Alpha uh, Max. It just has it all for us. I agree. I I would love to be able to think of something and be like, yeah, this sucks for this reason, but I just don't. I, I don't have it, man. I'm just it's the show's good. It's gold all the time. Once again, I want to thank all the sponsors, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tire, Seal Savers, and Motorsport.com. And, of course, you can go to PulpMXShow.com, click on the dealer's uh, sponsor, sponsor tab, and there's links, discount codes for most of the sponsors. If you don't see a discount code or a link there, generally you can hit the contact tab and send an email to Steve, and he usually will get back to you. And he might even hook you up with the deal. So, yeah, do that. Support the sponsors of the show so the shows can keep happening. If you have any information, any questions, any content, uh, any questions for Hello Pookie, hit me up at darkside at pulpmex.com, and we'll try to get to it. But uh, next week, we got David Villeman on Wednesday night, which just totally fucks my schedule up for my show. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Steve. Yeah, he's, he, uh, he tells me when I call in, like, I, I appreciate your dedication, but, yeah, that like my show's effed so i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do thanks a lot steve but i guess you know he doesn't care about the pony pod and that's that sucks <laughs> that sucks steve it really hurts my feelings a little bit um maybe i need some counseling but anyway guys before i let you go galdi do you got anything else um more canadian content on pulpamex that's all i can say about that okay uh no man thanks for having me dark side always love doing this uh jelly i uh, love chatting with you man good luck for the rest of the season here and uh We'll be keeping tabs and watching from the couch here this, this Saturday in Arlington to see if the 32 can rebound. And, and Darkside, have fun going to some home races, man, and I appreciate being a part of it. Absolutely. Uh, Jelly, you got anything before we go? Uh, no, I just wanted to thank you guys for giving me the chance to come on. Hopefully I did okay. Um, but other than that, thank you. Absolutely, guys. Thanks. Other than that, uh, I guess that's a wrap. We're out of here. See you. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show?